0: Smilla, Rahman, Rahim, Alhamdulilla, Hirbil Alamin, was a law who was Muhammad Moabarak, Alanabina, Mohammed, or Allah Alihi, was a Hijmain, Robbishrahli, Sodri, Wayasirli, Emri, Wahlul Ruk, the Tamilisani of Kahu Koli, Allahumma allimna Mayan Fauna, and Fana Bima Alamtana, Wazidna Ilma. So the last couple of weeks we spoke about some of the important events that took place in the sixth year of the Hijrah of the Prophet So continuing on with the sixth year of the Hijrah, towards the end of the year, the Prophet had a dream. And in this dream, he and his companions went to Mecca and they were making tawaf of the Kaaba. So the Prophet has this dream that he and his companions are going for Umrah. And of course, the dreams of the Prophets are always true. So this is something that made the Prophet ﷺ very happy. He hadn't seen the Kaaba in how many years? Since he left Mecca and made the Hijrah to Medina, he hasn't had a chance to go back to Mecca to make Umrah. So this dream was a glad tiding to the Prophet ﷺ. So he told his companions about this dream and they were all very happy as well. So they made a plan that they would go towards Mecca with the intention of making Umrah with no intention of fighting, with no intention of making any type of battle or war with the Quraysh. No, just a peaceful intention to go to Mecca and make Umrah and come back to Al-Madinah. the Quraysh who were the caretakers of Mecca and the caretakers of the Kaaba they considered it their responsibility to welcome anyone who was coming into Mecca for Umrah or Hajj they were the caretakers of the Kaaba and they were the hosts of anyone who would come as pilgrims to Mecca so they considered this a great honor and a great responsibility and they would not fight with anyone who came for Umrah if someone came do umrah or hajj the Quraysh would not pick a fight with them even if a person from the Quraysh saw the killer of his own brother come into makkah to make umrah he would not touch him so they took this responsibility very seriously their responsibility as the caretakers of the kaaba and the hosts of the pilgrims so anyone who would come for umrah or hajj would have safety with the Quraysh. so the prophet sallallahu wasallam reasonably he had this expectation as well for himself and for the muslims that if they were to go without the intention of fighting with the intention just to go and make umrah and then go back to medina peacefully that the Quraysh would not stop them from doing that and that was a reasonable expectation from the prophet sallallahu wasallam so the prophet sallallahu he announced his plan, he announced his intention to go to Umrah, he announced it to his companions, and he said to his companions, Man kana Yuridu an yakhruj ma'i fal yaf'al. whoever wants to go with me for Umrah, please come. So of course the Muhajireen and the Ansar, they're very happy and they're very excited. So a big number from the people of Medina, a big number from the Muhajireen and the Ansar, they set out with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi also some Muslims from some other tribes, who had accepted Islam, they joined in that delegation as well. So there were a total of 1,400 people, 1,400 people who set out with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to make this Umrah. And this was in the beginning of the month of Dhul Qa'dah, in the sixth year of the Hijrah of the Prophet Sallallahu So the Prophet Sallallahu and the companions, they also brought along with them sacrificial animals that they would sacrifice as part of the pilgrimage as well. And these animals that they got with them for the purpose of sacrifice, they were marked. They were specifically marked as sacrificial animals. So anyone who would see these markings on these animals would know that these animals are specifically uh, for sacrifice. So nobody would ride on those animals. Uh, People, even if they would see those markings on these animals, they would not steal these animals because they know that these animals are for sacrifice, for the sacrifice of ritual. So uh, these markings that were kept on the animals were for them to be known as sacrificial animals. So the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they brought along these sacrificial animals with these markings as well. So out of all of the people who accompanied the Prophet ﷺ for this umrah, they were all Muslims, alhamdulillah, except there was only one munafiq. There was only one Munafiq, and his name was al Jid ibn Qais. And the reason why the Munafiqeen didn't go out on this expedition, why didn't Abdullah ibn Ubayy ibn Salul go, and why didn't the other Munafiqeen go? Because they would only go on expeditions if they thought that they would be able to collect a big ghanima. They thought they would be able to collect a lot of spoils of war. That was one of their intentions of going. And another condition for them going would be they would, they would want to have a basic guarantee that they would be safe. They wouldn't go into risky situations where there was danger of them being killed. So the Munafiqeen, they decided against this one because this wasn't even a battle. The Muslims were going out with the intention to peacefully make Umrah. They didn't have any intention to fight. So there was no question of any ghanima. There was not going to be any spoils because there was not going to be any war. So why would the munafiqeen go? And secondly, the munafiqeen also thought that the Quraysh, these are the biggest enemies of the Muslims. And the Muslims are going there. And they're going on their turf. They're going to Mecca. So the munafiqeen thought that this this is a big chance for the Quraysh to just slaughter all of these Muslims. So the munafiqeen, they said like, no, we're going to sit this one out. We're not going to go on this expedition. So none of the munafiqeen went except one by the name of al Jid ibn Qais. So as we mentioned, the Prophet ﷺ had no intention to fight the Quraysh. He had no intention for battle. So he didn't take any heavy weaponry or armor with him on this journey. Rather, the Muslims only took swords with them. They armed themselves lightly with swords, because of course, you know, going any distance, uh, such a long distance from, from Medina to Mecca, of course they should have some weaponry in case of an ambush or in case of something to defend themselves. But they had no intention of actually fighting, but they kept some light weaponry, only swords, just in case for defense if necessary. And they took these swords with them and they made sure that the swords were covered, they were in their sheaths, And they didn't even carry the swords on their bodies, rather they carried the swords on their animals. So it would be very clear that they're coming with a peaceful intention and they have no intention to uh, start any fight. So this was all evidence that the Muslims only had an intention for ibadah, they just wanted to make their umrah and then head back to their homes. So when the Prophet Sallallahu he set out from Medina, when he reached dhul Huleifa, dhul Huleifa is about seven miles away from the center of Medina. And it is the Miqat actually for the people of Al-Medina. If you want to make Umrah, even now, if you want to make Umrah from Medina, uh, dhul Huleifa is your Miqat. And for those of you who have been to Medina and who have, who have made Umrah from Medina, perhaps you have stopped at the Masjid Al-Miqat The Miqat Masjid of Medina, which is at Dhul Huleifa. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he reached Dhul Huleifa, which is about seven miles away from the city center of Medina, he put on his ihram from there. The Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they put on their ihram from dhu ulayfa and then they started making the talbiya for umrah. la sharika lak So now the Muslims, they're on their way to Mecca wearing ihram, not wearing any weapons and they have their animals with them, their sacrificial animals that are clearly marked as sacrificial animals. So all of this is clear proof that the Muslims, only have an intention to go and make Umrah and they don't have any intention to have any type of battle or any type of war. Eventually, the news reached the Quraysh that the Muslims have set out and they are on their way to Mecca. The Muslims have set out from Medina and they are on their way to Mecca. So the Quraysh were surprised. They were thinking, how are our staunchest enemies, the Muslims, they're actually daring to come to our land. They're actually daring to come to Mecca. So they were amazed that the Muslims would even consider coming to Mecca without getting prior permission from the Quraysh. So the Quraysh, they consulted amongst themselves. How should we deal with this situation? What should we do when the Muslims come? So they talked about it amongst each other, and they uh, discussed different options. So one of them suggested maybe when they come, we should kill them. So then the Quraysh said, no, how can we kill them? They're coming for Umrah. And if we kill them, it will destroy our reputation. It will destroy our reputation as the caretakers of the Kaaba and as the hosts of the pilgrims. If we kill the pilgrims, what are the Arabs going to say about us? It will completely destroy our reputation and it will destroy our business as well. No one will want to come here. No one will want to come to Mecca for any reason because they will think that we are people of treachery, that we kill even the pilgrims who come for ibadah. So no way, we cannot kill them. So they discussed it amongst each other, what should, what should we do? And finally they decided that we will stop the Muslims from entering the boundaries of the Haram. We will not allow them to enter the boundaries of Mecca. We will stop them before they can enter the boundaries of the city. So the Quraysh, they sent their army outside of the boundaries of Mecca. They sent their their army outside of the boundaries of Mecca on the pathway where they would expect the people of Medina to come from. So they kept their army stationed outside of the boundaries of Mecca so that they could prevent the Prophet ﷺ and his companions from entering. And this army was under the command of Khalid ibn al-Walid. And at that time Khalid ibn al-Walid still had not accepted Islam. So Khalid ibn al-Walid and his army, they were given instructions not to let the Muslims enter the boundaries of the haram. Do not allow them to enter into Mecca for any reason whatsoever. Not for Umrah or not for any other reason. Make sure that they stay out of the boundaries of Mecca. So the Prophet ﷺ, he is continuing on his way. And when he reached Usfan, which is a place that is near Jiddah, Not very far away from Mecca. So he's close to Mecca now. Bishr ibn Sufyan al-Ka'bi, he came with the news to the Prophet ﷺ. He said, Ya Rasulullah, the Quraysh, they have stationed their army outside of the boundaries of Mecca to confront you. And they are ready to fight if they need to fight. So then the Prophet ﷺ, he was very disappointed at this. His intention was to just come and peacefully make Umrah and go back. He didn't want to pick a fight with the Quraysh. And now, when he heard this news that the Quraysh has stationed their army outside of the boundaries of Mecca to block the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims from entering Mecca so they cannot make Umrah, the Prophet ﷺ was very saddened by this. He was very disappointed at this. And he said, Ya wayha Quraysh, laqad akalat hum al harb. alayhim law khallaw baini wa sa'iri nas. The Prophet ﷺ said, what is the matter with the Quraysh? War has consumed them. They just want to fight. And what would harm them if they just left me alone and allowed me to interact with the people? How would that hurt them? What is the problem in the Quraysh? Why do they want to stop me at any cost? So the Prophet ﷺ was very disappointed at this attitude of the Quraysh that even though the Muslims are coming in peace and they just want to perform their ibadah, the Quraysh even has a problem with that. So when the Prophet ﷺ learned that the Quraysh had stationed their army outside of the borders of Mecca, he asked his companions, he said, Who amongst you can show me another way to get into Mecca? where we can bypass this army. We can come in from another direction. Who can tell me a way? Who can guide us to a path where we can do this? So one of the companions said, Ya Rasulullah, I know a way that we can do it, but it's a very rough path. It's not a smooth path. But I can get you around that army and we can enter Mecca from another side. So the Prophet said, okay, let's do it. So this man from the companions of the Prophet he led them through a different pathway until they reached a place called Al Hudaybiyah, which is just outside of the borders of the Harab, just outside of the borders of Mecca. A place called Al Hudaybiyah. So when they reach Al Hudaybiyah, they are literally just steps away from Mecca, a very short distance away from the boundaries of, of the Harab. So they're very excited, they're almost going to go into the city. But then suddenly, Al Qaswa the camel of the Prophet sallallahu it stopped and it sat down. And they tried to get it to move, to get up and to move, but the camel would not move. So the companions of the Prophet sallallahu said, khala'at al-qaswa. This camel al-qaswa has become obstinate. It doesn't want to move. Now the Prophet sallallahu this is his own personal camel, Al-Qaswa, and he knows this camel very well. And the Prophet ﷺ knew that it was not from the character of this camel to just stop and become obstinate like this. So the Prophet ﷺ said, khalaat <laughs> fil he said no, the camel did not become obstinate. This is not from the character of this camel, but rather the one who prevented the elephant from entering Mecca is the one who is preventing this camel from entering Mecca right now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who prevented the elephant of Abraha from coming in to Mecca. He is the one who is stopping Al Qaswa, this camel from entering Mecca right now. This is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam understood that this was a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants them to stay there and not move forward. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ordered for his companions to set up their camp right there at Al-Hudaybiyyah, right outside the borders of Mecca. So they set up their camp at al Hudaybiyah. And they tried to get water. They needed water, of course. They're camped out at a place. They need water. But they couldn't find much water, only some drops of water. So the Prophet ﷺ gave them an arrow of his. He had an arrow. And he said, take this arrow and dig for the water with this arrow. So they did that. And then, alhamdulillah, with the barakah that Allah subhanahu wa Taala sent, lots of water came out and it was enough for the whole group of Muslims, alhamdulillah. So eventually, the army of Mecca they received news that the Prophet had actually come from a different direction and he was at Al-Hudaybiyah, and Al-Hudaybiyah is very close to the borders of Mecca. So now the Quraysh they said, "Okay, we cannot fight him now because he's too close to Mecca. If we start fighting him now, the fighting may escalate and it may come into Mecca, and this would be a very very bad thing." for our reputation if the fighting came into Mecca, So the Quraysh decided, okay, we're not going to fight him, but we will go and we will face him and we will see what to do over there. So they went towards where the Prophet was camped out near al Hudaybiyah. So now, the Prophet is camped out at al Hudaybiyah, and the army of the Quraysh, they're nearby as well. And the army of the Quraysh now, they're very confused. They don't understand what is the intention of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi here what is he trying to do they said to themselves look if he wanted to fight then he would have confronted us on the main path if his intention was to fight us then he would have confronted us on the main path he wouldn't have come around in this different direction and if he wanted to make Umrah then he would have come in to Mecca when he had a chance and made Umrah so they were very confused they didn't understand what the intention of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was but the prophet sallallahu wasallam understood that what was happening this was from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he thought that this is perhaps a sign of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that allah wants the prophet sallallahu wasallam to make a treaty to make a peace treaty with the Quraysh. so this is what the prophet sallallahu wasallam understood but the kufar of the Quraysh, they had no idea what was going on they were thinking look if he wanted to make umrah why didn't he just come into the city And if he wanted to fight us, why did he come from this different way? Why didn't he confront us from the main path? So the Kuffar of the Quraysh, they decided to send someone to meet with the Prophet ﷺ to ask him, what are your plans? What is your intention? What are you trying to do here? So the Kuffar of the Quraysh, they decided to send a man named Budail ibn Warqa. Budail ibn Warqa, he was from the tribe of Khuza'ah. And he was a very important member of the tribe of Khuzāa. So the Quraysh said, okay, we'll send him, and he will get information from Muhammad So Budail, he went, and he met with the Prophet and he asked him, Ya Muhammad, what do you want? Why are you here? And then the Prophet said, we have come for Umrah. We don't want to fight, we have just come for Umrah. And then Budail, he noticed that there were swords that were being carried on some of the camels. Like we mentioned, the Prophet ﷺ, he did carry some swords with him uh, in case it was needed for self-defense. But they didn't carry those swords on their bodies. Rather, they carried them on the camels. So Budail said, then, why do you have these swords? If you don't want to fight, why do you have these swords? And then the Prophet ﷺ said, this is for a safety measure. In case we needed these swords for self-defense, we have them. But we're not carrying them on our bodies. They are covered and they are being carried on the animals. And this is proof that we did not come with the intention to fight. So Budail was convinced that yes, this makes sense. What Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying, it makes sense. It really looks like they have just come for Umrah and they have no intention to fight. So he went back to the Quraysh and the Quraysh asked him, what what do you think? After talking to Muhammad wasallam, what do you think? What are his plans? What are his intentions? And then Budail said, it is clear to me that he just came to make Umrah. They just want to make Umrah and go back. They don't want to fight. So the Quraysh, they took this under consideration, but they were not completely satisfied with this. So they decided to send a second man. And they sent a man named Mikraz ibn Hafs. So as soon as Mikraz ibn Hafs came near the Prophet, as soon as the Prophet saw him, he said, Haza Rajulun that this is a treacherous man. He is not a trustworthy man. So Mikraz asked the Prophet the same questions. Why are you here? What is the intention in your journey to Mecca? And the Prophet told him the same thing. We have just come for Umrah. We have come peacefully just to make Umrah. So Mikraz went back to the Quraysh and they asked him, what do you think? And Mikraz, he said, "Ah, I'm not sure. You know, he does have weapons with him. Maybe he wants to fight you. So Mikraz did not give as clear of an answer as Budayn. So now the Kuffar of the Quraysh, they're still confused. They're still not sure what to think about this whole situation. So they decided to send a third man, they sent Al-Hulays ibn al Al-Hulays ibn Al-Qamah was the leader of Al-Ahabish, the tribes of Al-Ahabish. So the Prophet ﷺ knew that Al-Hulays was a man who respected the sha'air of Allah. He is a person who respected the rights of Hajj and Umrah and he respected uh, these rituals. So as soon as the Prophet sallallahu saw that they were sending Al-Hulays ibn Al-Qamah, the Prophet sallallahu told his companions, bring out the sacrificial animals. Bring out all of those sacrificial animals we have with us that have the markings on them that they are going to be sacrificed. Because if Al-Hulays sees this, then he will know. It will be clear to him that we have only come to perform this ritual, to perform this pilgrimage, and he will understand that. He is a man who would understand that. So they brought out these sacrificial animals. And as soon as Al-Hulays saw all of these animals that were marked, that they are going to be sacrificed, he understood and he realized that these people, they have just come for ibadah. They have come with peace and they have no intention to fight. So Al-Hulays, he went back to the Quraysh. And he said to them that these Muslims, they have only come for Umrah, they have only come for ibadah, and they have no intention to fight you. And then the Quraysh, they said back to Al-Hulays, you are just a Bedouin, you are an Arabi, la ilmalak, you have no knowledge of these things. And then Al-Hulais got angry. He said, would you stop a man from coming to worship at the house of Allah? A man comes with the intention to worship Allah at the house of Allah and you're going to stop him from doing that? Just because you are the caretakers of the Kaaba, do you think that gives you a right to stop whomever you want to stop from coming and making the pilgrimage and these rituals? You think you have a right to do that? If you stop these Muslims from coming to the house of Allah, if you stop them from coming to the Kaaba, then I will bring the whole tribes of the Ahabish against you. I will fight you. And the Quraysh told him, wait, calm down, calm down. Let us continue to study the situation and we'll decide whatever we decide. There's no need for you to get all excited like this. So now the situation was causing such tension even amongst the Arabs. So the Quraysh, they decided to send a fourth man. They had already sent three. And now they decided, okay, we'll send one more. We will send Urwah ibn Mas'ud al thaqafi Urwah ibn Mas'ud al thaqafi was one of the most respected men of all of the Arabs. He was the leader of the tribe of Thaqif from Al-Ta'if. And he was a very well-respected man amongst all of the Arabs. So they decided to send Urwa ibn Mas'ud al-Thaqafi to the Prophet sallallahu for him to get the information about why the Prophet sallallahu is here. What is the intention that he came with? So they told Urwa ibn Mas'ud, they said, okay, when you talk to Muhammad, try to talk to him in a way that will arouse him, that will make him excited to say something. Because if his intention is to fight, if you talk to him in this type of way, a way to arouse him and make him angry and incite him, then it will come out, it will become clear that they have come to fight. And if that's not their intention, then that will also become clear. So go and talk to him in such a way that will arouse him and that will incite him so urwa said okay i will do this so urwa ibn mas'ud al-thaqafi he goes to meet with the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa at al hudaybiyyah and urwa is wearing his sword urwa has his sword with him so when the companions of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa saw that urwa is coming with a weapon they came around the prophet sallallahu the companions came and they surrounded the Prophet ﷺ to protect him in case Urwa tries to do something. And the personal bodyguard of the Prophet. ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ had a personal bodyguard by the name of Mughira ibn Shu'bah an. And he stood behind the Prophet ﷺ and he was wearing full armor. He was the personal bodyguard of the Prophet. ﷺ and he's wearing this full armor. Mughira ibn Shuba. Now it happens to be That Mughira ibn Shu'bah was actually the son of the brother of Urwa ibn Mas'ud al Thaqafi. He was the nephew of Urwa ibn Mas'ud al Thaqafi. But Mughira was a Muslim, and Urwa at this time was not a Muslim. So, Urwa didn't recognize that this is his nephew because Mughira was in full body armor. So, anyways, Mughira stands behind the Prophet to protect him. In case Urwa tries something, and Urwa sits to try to have a conversation with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Urwa he starts talking to the Prophet ﷺ in the way that the Quraysh told him to talk, in a way to arouse him, to incite him, to get him angry. So Urwa he said to the Prophet, ﷺ, he said, Ya Muhammad, do you think that you can enter Mecca by force? What do you think you're doing? And then the Prophet ﷺ, very calmly he said, I have just come for Umrah. And then Urwa, he continued to try to arouse the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, And he said, Ya Muhammad, don't be deceived by these people around you. Don't be deceived by your companions. If there is fighting, then they will all run away from you and they will leave you. They will abandon you and they will run away for their lives. So don't be deceived by this big number of people that you have around you. And when he said this, when he said that they would run away if fighting occurred, then Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, Abu Bakr radiallahu an is usually very calm and very patient, but he got angry. Abu Bakr radiallahu an got angry. And he said, what are you talking about? We will never leave his side. We will never leave his side. And he spoke to Urwa, Abu Bakr radiallahu spoke to Urwa in a very angry tone and he insulted him with all sorts of insults. And this was very uncharacteristic of Abu Bakr radiallahu to talk like this. But Urwa incited the anger of Abu Bakr an, even though the Prophet sallallahu alaihi himself was remaining calm. So the Prophet sallallahu to Abu sallam said to Abu Bakr, ya Aba Bakr, leave it, Ya Abu Bakr. And then Urwa said to Abu Bakr, Ya Abu Bakr, if it wasn't for the fact that you did me a favor in the past, in the past, you helped me out with something and you, you did a favor for me in the past. If it wasn't for that favor that you did for me in the past, I would have returned your insults with insults of my own. But because I remember the favor that you did me in the past, I'm not going to say anything and I'm going to let this go. So Urwa, he wanted to continue in this way of talking to the Prophet Sallallahu He wanted to continue to arouse the Prophet Sallallahu and incite him and make him angry. It wasn't working. The Prophet Sallallahu was Haleem, very patient and forbearing. But Urrah wanted to try to continue to arouse him and to make him angry. And one of the ways of the Arabs that they used to use, one of the styles that they used to use when they were talking to people, if they wanted to show Their superiority over another person and make that person feel inferior to them, while they were talking to that person, they would stroke the beard of that other person. So if I wanted to show that I am superior to you and I wanted to belittle you, that means I would talk to you and I would stroke your beard while I'm talking to you. So, Urwa, he decided to try this with the Prophet. So he put out his hand. To touch the beard of the Prophet sallallahu now remember who is behind the Prophet sallallahu his personal bodyguard Mughira ibn Shu'bah when he saw Urwa and remember Urwa is his uncle but Urwa doesn't realize that this is Mughira that this is Mughira his nephew so when Urwa puts his hand out to touch the beard of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam Mughira he has his sword with him he moves his uncle's hand away from the beard of the Prophet sallallahu with the blunt end of the sword not with the sharp end of the sword but with the dull end of the sh- of the sword so not to hurt him but just to move his hand away so he moves his hand away like this and he says Ab'id ar move your hand away from the messenger of Allah and he physically moves it with his own sword so then Urwa is surprised at this, and he asked the Prophet Sallallahu who is this guy? Who is this rough, mean guy who moved my hand away like that? And then the Prophet Sallallahu said to him, you don't recognize who he is? He is your nephew, Mughira ibn Shu'bah. And then Urwa was surprised. And Urwa actually had a history with his nephew with Mughira ibn Shu'ba, something happened in the past. Before Mughira ibn Shu'ba became a Muslim, Mughira ibn Shu'ba killed a number of people. And he took their wealth and he ran away. This was a while back. And in order for there not to be a big war between the different tribes, the uncle of Mughira, Urwa ibn Mas'ud, he paid the blood money on behalf of his nephew. His nephew had killed a number of people and Urwa, the uncle, he paid the blood money on his behalf. So that, it wouldn't escalate into a war. So Urwa did this favor to his nephew by paying off the diya, by paying off the blood money. So now, that the Prophet sallallahu informed Urwa that this is your nephew, this is Mughira. Urwa said, Mughira, Mughira, Aren't you the one who I saved you yesterday? I got you out of such a mess before, and now you are acting like this. Now you're moving my hand away with your sword. So he reminded him of that favor. But still, Mughira said, do not stretch your hand out towards the messenger of Allah. So eventually, The time of Salah came, the time for Salatul Dhuhr came. And Bilal, he gave the adhan. And then the Prophet, he still hadn't finished his conversation with Urwa. But he said to Urwa, uh, we have to pray now, and we can continue this conversation after the Salah. So Urwa said, "Okay, no problem. We'll continue talking after Salah. So the Prophet, he got up, and he went to make wudu. And Urwa was observing the whole situation. Urua wanted to observe the way that the companions interact with the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam so as the prophet sallallahu was making wudu the companions they would come and they would gather around him and as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is washing himself any drop of water that comes from him the companions would jump and try to get any drop that they could get from the wudu of the prophet sallallahu they, they would not let even one drop come to the ground. They would catch whatever drop comes. When he's washing his face, whatever drops come down, this companion would get it. When he's washing his arms, another companion would get it. They would grab the leftover water as the Prophet ﷺ would make wudu and they would take this and they would rub it over themselves for barakah. So Urwa ibn Mas'ud is witnessing this. And remember, he just said earlier that he said to the Prophet ﷺ that these people if fighting occurs, they will run away from you and they will abandon you. And now he's seeing how they come around the Prophet, and even a drop of water that comes from him, they want to grab it and they want to rub it on themselves. Then he realized to himself that he was wrong. That no way, these people will never abandon him. I have never seen anyone who respects their leader like these people are respecting their leader. So he was very impressed by this. Then the time for the Salah came and the Prophet ﷺ, he led the companions in the Salah and Urwa witnessed how they prayed, all of them standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder, praying with such devotion and such khushu' and such focus, something that he never saw before. So Urwa was very impressed by this and he was convinced by seeing this. He was convinced that these people, they didn't come to fight. They only came for ibadah, just like they're saying. So Urwa, after the prayer was over, Urwa, he said to the Prophet Sallallahu said, okay, I actually don't have any more questions for you. And he left and he went back to the Quraysh. And when he went back to the Quraysh, he said, Ya Quraysh, I have seen the Kisra, the Kisra, the leader of Persia, the ruler of Persia. And I have seen the Qaysar, and I have seen Hirqal, and I have seen Najashi, I have seen all of these Rulers of different kingdoms, and I have seen their people, the people who are close to them, I have seen all of these people, but I have never seen anyone who respects their leader, like the companions of Muhammad respect Muhammad أحدا أحدا محمد I have never seen anyone who honor and respect their leader like the companions of Muhammad respect Muhammad sallallahu alaihi so Urwa said to the Quraysh he said okay my conclusion is this that they have come for umrah they're not here to fight they have come for umrah just as they have said so I suggest that you should make a deal with them you should make a treaty with them they have come because they want to make umrah and you are upset because you don't want to allow them inside Mecca without your permission. So I have an idea that, that can compromise so both sides will get what they want. So Urwa he said, this is my suggestion. Tell Muhammad that this time you must go back. You cannot come and make Umrah this, on this trip. Go back to Medina. But next year, you are welcome to come and make Umrah and no one will stop you. So they will get their Umrah. They want to make Umrah, they will get their Umrah, but not now. They will get it next year. And you, Ya Quraysh, you will also get what you want. You don't want them to enter Mecca without your permission? Okay, so next year when they come, it will be with your permission. So this is a good compromise. So tell them that they must go back this time, but next year they can come back and they can make Umrah and they will not be stopped. So this was the suggestion of Urwa ibn Mas'ud al-thaqafi to the Quraysh. So the Quraysh, they said, okay, uh, let's think about it. We'll think about it a little more, and then we'll decide what to do. Now, there was a group of some young men from the Quraysh who didn't like this idea. They didn't want to make a treaty with the Muslims. They actually wanted to fight with the Muslims, a group of young men from the Quraysh. So there were a group of 40 men who decided, okay, when nightfall comes in the night, we will sneak into the camp of the Muslims and we will start a fight with them. We don't want to make a peace treaty with them. We want to fight them. So these 40 men in the night, they snuck into the Muslim camp. But the Muslim camp, they had their security. And the head of their security was Muhammad ibn Maslama. Muhammad ibn Maslama was a very good guard. And he had his men, and they were keeping an eye out for anything. So Muhammad ibn Maslama and his men were able to capture those 40 young men from the Quraysh and take them prisoner. So now, the news reached the Quraysh that the Muslims have captured 40 of their men. So now the Quraysh said, okay, now we're not going to make any treaty with him. We have to fight. He has 40 of our men. But then the Prophet ﷺ, what did he do? He released all 40 of those men. When he could have killed them, he didn't do that. He released them to show and prove to the Quraysh, Ya Quraysh, we have not come here to fight you. We have come peacefully with the intention only to make Umrah. So the Prophet ﷺ, he let all 40 of those men go to show the Quraysh what his true intentions were. So now when he let these 40 men go, now the Quraysh, they were finally convinced. They said, okay, this proves it. This proves that they did not come here to fight us. He could have killed those 40 men, but he just let them go. It means that he has come in peace. And he does not want to fight us, and he just came with the intention to make Umrah. So now the Quraysh were convinced of this. So now, what the Quraysh decided to do, they said, okay, so now we need to start negotiating with him. The Quraysh said, okay, now we need to start negotiating with Muhammad Wasallam to make a deal with this treaty. What are the conditions of, of his Umrah? When can he come and make Umrah? And what are the conditions of this treaty? Uh, So this is on the outskirts of Mecca, as we mentioned. This is at al hudaybiyah And this is going on between the Prophet ﷺ and the army of the Quraysh. But the Prophet ﷺ wanted to actually send one of his men into Mecca to directly negotiate with the leaders of the Quraysh. Abu Sufyan and the leaders of the Quraysh, they were not there at Hudaybiyah; They were actually in Mecca. So the Prophet ﷺ said, we should send one of our men into Mecca to directly negotiate with the leaders of the Quraysh in this matter. So he asked Umar, Umar ibn Khattab, Ya Umar, why don't you go? You go to Mecca and you negotiate with the leaders of the Quraysh. And then Umar, he said, Ya Rasulullah, they hate me. They will not want to negotiate with me. The Quraysh, they hate me. So send someone who will likely Be a better negotiator with them than me. Someone who they will respect more and they will honor his efforts in negotiation more than mine. So Umar suggested to the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, send Uthman ibn Affan he will be able to negotiate better than I will be able to negotiate with them because his status and his position with the Quraysh is better than my position with them. So the Prophet ﷺ agreed with this suggestion and he sent Uthman ﷺ into Mecca to negotiate with the leaders of the Quraysh inside Mecca. So Uthman عن, he entered Mecca and they received him nicely. They received him with honor and respect. And they actually said to him, Ya Uthman, if you want, you can make tawaf. You can go and you can make tawaf. But Uthman عنه, said, no. I will not do it before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If he's not going to do it, I will not do it. So then they asked him, okay, so what are you here for? What do you guys want? And then Uthman عنه, said, we just want to make umrah. We came here peacefully with the intention to make umrah and go back home. So then the leaders of the Quraysh, they said, okay, we'll see what we can do. We will see what we can negotiate. Now the Prophet was expecting that Uthman would go and talk to them and he would return back quickly. He was expecting him to return within a certain time frame. But the Quraysh, they kept Uthman for a much longer time. So the Prophet and the Muslims, they started to get worried. Why is Uthman taking so long? What's going on? And then a rumor started that the Quraysh have killed Uthman that they have murdered Uthman. So of course, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Muslims, they were very hurt by this. How could they do such a thing? Makkah is supposed to be a place of sanctuary, a place of safety. And Uthman, he went there and he's wearing ihram. How could they kill him? So this made the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the companions very upset. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi took a pledge of allegiance from his companions, 1400 companions were with him. He took a pledge from them that we will go and we will fight the Quraysh for what they did to Uthman We will fight them and we will fight to the death. Even though they didn't have much in terms of weaponry with them, they didn't have armor with them, they still took this pledge that we will fight the Quraysh, we will fight to the death and none of us will run away and we will avenge the death of Uthman. So the Prophet ﷺ, he took this oath of allegiance, this pledge of allegiance from these companions under a tree that was there at al hudaybiyah And they pledged their allegiance to the Prophet ﷺ, these 1400 companions. And this pledge of allegiance is known as Bay'ah Ar-Ridwan. The pledge of allegiance of Ar-Ridwan. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pleased with these companions. Ar-ridwan means pleasure. This was done and it pleased Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it in the Quran. Surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pleased with the believers when they pledged their allegiance to you under the tree. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this bay'ah in the Qur'an. And inshallah next week we will talk more about bay'ah ridwan and we will talk about the treaty that was eventually made at al hudaybiyah We'll talk about that next week inshallah. Wallahu alam sallallahu alayhi wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.